The Adam Crowley Show. Oh, I like him. <laughs> He's a handsome guy. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. It's a thirsty Thursday here on the Crowley Show. It is the summer, and the Pirates are going to disappoint you at some point, so why not stop talking about them now? We're joined by Stephen James from Spoonwood Brewing, and uh, they're both here. Uh, they are sharing a microphone, so let's play it this way. Uh, first, James, tell us a little bit about yourself. Did I just do that again? You did it again. Are dude. you kidding me? You got him backwards again. Yeah. How is that possible? Ed, well, it's the Crowley Show. I think it's because I'm bad at names. Yeah. I got to reverse it again. Uh, James and Steve. I think you guys are just effing with me at this point. <laughs> All right. So, James. You're right. Yes. <laughs> what exactly uh, do you do for Spoonwood? I am a brewer. I brew the beer. Now... What got you into it? Uh, why Spoonwood? And uh, what do you got for us here today? Um, so back in 2010, I was living up in western New York. And a buddy of mine said, hey, come work at the brewery on the bottling line. So I put in the application. He put in a good word for me. Got the job. Worked there for two years. And me and my wife, Meg, who's also a Don't brewer throw here, another name in there. I'll tell you what. Well, she, <laughs> Don't also, need another one. She's also a brewer in the city down at Rock Bottom. Um, we decided to move down here and I met, uh, the old head brewer at rock bottom, Brandon McCarthy on, I think it was the first beer barge and we just, we were friends, job became available. Steve was actually working there at the time. We became friends. And when he left to start Spoonwood, when the time came, he, we just, we, we had such a good chemistry. I went to work with him and it's been fun ever since. So Steve, do you do the same thing? I'm the other brewer. The other brewer. So it's just you two. It's just the two of us, yep. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So you guys have, I would imagine, the ability, since there are two of you, to kind of checks and balances each other, right? I mean, I, I imagine that sometimes uh, you feel like you have... I called you you. Did you see how I did that there? Uh, you, Steve, <laughs> we'll get there, guys. Don't worry about it. Uh, that sometimes, Steve, might, maybe you'll have an idea. Uh, James, maybe you don't like it as much. Stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, James is definitely a check to my balance. So would you say that he's the guy that's typically telling you, uh, this ain't going to work? He apologizes a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he's always sorry. No, I mean, we have, we've got great chemistry, and we, and we make it work. I mean, it's a, brewing can be tight quarters. Um, it's not easy work. It's not, it's not even fun all the time. <laughs> um, but we click. So I would imagine that both of you come up with ideas for different brews what's that process like you say okay now i've i've got i've got one i, I think this is going to taste really good and you kind of just mess around from there or is it i'm sure it's probably a little bit more scientific than that i mean there's definitely science whether we acknowledge it or not not um <laughs> but uh you know it's we kind of go for it every time we don't we don't have a small batch system we don't have a pilot system uh, we've got a 15 barrel brew house and so just from what we've what we've experienced, you know, creating recipes over the past several years, we kind of have an idea going into it what's going to work, and um, you know, we just go for it. So, are you guys like uh, most people who start out in your garage or in your living room or whatever, and you both started kind of brewing? Yeah, I, mean, your I don't want to speak for James. I mean, I definitely have have uh, done the home brewing. Um, James, I think you've dabbled, haven't you? 
I have definitely dabbled. Yeah. <laughs> no accidents or anything? I mean, with just two of you in there, too, I mean, the hours must be insane. You guys are pretty much always working, I would take it. I mean, because it looks like you got a huge selection, or at least from your website, it looks like there's a ton of beers there. Yeah, I mean, we, we stay busy, but it's it's Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. It's not it's nothing crazy in that regard. Yeah? Oh, wow. How many beers do you guys usually have on tap on a given weekend? No less than eight, um, but we have 12 taps. So okay. Quite often, we've got 12. And you switch them in and out frequently? We do. We have four beers that are always on. The one that we're drinking right now, the Killer Diller, is one of them. And the others are constantly changing. Now, this Killer Diller. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. It's Killer Diller. It's delicious. <laughs> it really is. And I don't say that about every beer. I'm not that kind of guy. Uh, I'm not that kind of guy, all right? I don't say that. I don't just, I don't, it's not just love the one you're with, but uh, Killer Diller, it's, it's listed as an IPA, 6.6% alcohol. Uh, it could definitely get me in trouble because it goes down so easy and it does have that alcohol content. So what is what makes this beer what this beer is? You want me to keep blabbering? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, yeah. Uh, Steve, Steve's hogging the microphone over here. <laughs> I'm just waiting for a kiss. <laughs> yeah, well, they, so, so uh, to all y'all out there, they have to share the microphone, and it is somewhat awkward for them both to get in on the microphone at the same time. It's intimate. It looks a lot like college yeah it's a good thing you guys work closely yeah. together <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a super basic beer in terms of the grain recipe um it's it's pretty much just two row malted barley a little bit of a caramel malt for color and, and some uh a touch of sweetness and the rest it comes from the hops um we always use two there's two varieties of hops that are always in this beer equinot and columbus and then we change it up beyond that uh, sometimes mosaic Sometimes Simcoe, uh, sometimes both, and that that happens more on the dry hopping side. Now, I'm not a guy who loves this super hoppy, bitter taste. If I were going to drink an IPA, this is the kind of IPA that I would drink, that I would flock to. Have you found that more people are like that, have that kind of palate, or does it just, I suppose, depend person to person? Yeah, it's person to person, I would say. But definitely, so whereas there was, I think, a trend in recent years to kind of, you know, melt the enamel off of your teeth with IBUs. <laughs> right. That's not the case anymore. So people are definitely looking for more hops flavor and aroma than bitterness. And I think this beer is kind of balanced in that regard. It definitely does have the bitterness. It has some more bitterness than you're going to see from a lot of the more modern IPAs that are trending right now. Um, but it's not over the top. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, when when you when it comes to hops, where do you guys source that stuff from? Good question. James's Garage. Yeah? yeah. Exclusively. Really? Exclusively. No. No. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought, see, I'm, a, I'm envisioning like this whole grow room going on in your garage. Well, I was going to say, he might grow something in his garage. I don't think it's hops. And I'll tell you that right now. I really, I saw a greenhouse there. <laughs> yeah, the federal approval has to come in on that. <laughs> But we so the hops come primarily from the Pacific Northwest, which is where the majority of the hops are grown in this country, and that's where the, most of the brewers source most of their hops from. Mm -hmm. Not it's not exclusive, um, but that's where we get you know a lot of them. Oh, nice! I used to live out in Oregon, and uh, there's a couple good, good breweries out there, and I mean that was one of the claims to fame is that the local hops were grown there straight to the the brew house out into the table, and some really good stuff out there. Yeah, there's a great scene out there. Yeah. Definitely is. So if I asked you guys what your favorite creation was, which beer that you have created that you like the most, 
What do you think? Uh, my favorite beer that I've ever done is the Van Damsel Weizenbach. That is actually available right now. Damn. And what made it that special for you? Was it was it your first? Did you pop it? Pop it for that no, one? No, I didn't pop my uh, beer cherry with that one. <laughs> um, no, I just, it, it combines a lot of elements about some of my favorite beers. Um, you get a lot of that banana and clove and still get that real nice bready, biscuity mm. wheat flavor from it. And we actually uh, aged it recently in some uh, Buffalo, Trace. Buffalo Trace bourbon barrels and have a bourbon oh, wow. barrel-aged version of it on right now. So that's like Fantastic. a wood-fired like barrel, like on the inside type yeah, they're, thing? They're, yeah, they're charred. Oh, wow. So how many times, so when you talk about your favorite beer, how many times do you, do you does it come out to the public? And then you rework it a little bit. Is it something that once you're done and it comes out to the palate of the public that you say, okay, we're done with that one? Or are you constantly trying to develop it to make it a little bit better? We don't have, uh, so except for the beers that are always on, like Killer Diller, we don't have that luxury to kind of tweak them because we're just simply not making these recipes all that often. Some of them are once a year. Some of them are one and done. Uh, but with Killer Diller, this is one of the first eight beers that we ever brewed okay. on the system at Spoonwood. It's the beer that we brewed the most often uh, because we sell the most of it. So we brew this beer every uh, third week, pretty much. And so this one has been tweaked a lot over the, the past few years. What's your favorite, Steve? Uh, are, is it the same? Or? I mean, it changes so often. Yeah. It's, I, season matters. Season definitely matters. I mean, I'm most interested in, in the beers that are in the fermenter at any given time. Um, even if it's one like Killer Diller that we've brewed a hundred times, um, I'm always excited to see how this next batch with whatever little tweaks we've done, how it's going to turn out. A lot of taste testing going on uh, as you brew? We have to. Yeah. It's, it's the rules. Darn. How, how much do you Stinks. accidentally get hammered at work? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, you're just like, man, we worked That's, way too hard today. That is confidential. <laughs> They had they shared that look right there though that that, that does speak to uh, yeah maybe once in a while it yeah. can happen hey it's it's hazard of the job you know <laughs> gotta work I- <laughs> when we were at we so like James said we worked at Rock Bottom uh, together before Spoonwood and what was that a tequila barrel aged yeah that was Christmas the, ale the the Rudolph something or other it was a Christmas beer that was aged in uh, tequila barrels yeah wow we. We might have oversampled that. <laughs> yeah, I, I might have called Meg for a ride home. <laughs> From work. Yeah. Yep. Uh, sorry, dear. Uh, it's going to be a long day uh, for you because I am destroyed. So that's a that's a funny thing to me. Your wife brews as well. Is that how you guys ended up meeting, like through brewing, or was it just something yeah. you got in together? Yeah, we actually met while we were both working at Southern Tier. And I was late every single day, and she was at the position... And I came in to relieve, and I would always be like 20 to 30 minutes late. And she was just like, like what the hell's wrong with yeah, you, Yeah, like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I've got a life. <laughs> oh, no. oh, that's a that's a story then, man. That turned around. Yeah. She could have easily hated you. She did for a minute. Did she really? I, I guarantee you. You won her over, though. The first time I ever met her, we were at a party, and I was half closed, playing beer pong, screaming, and she threatened to punch me in the face. She denies <laughs> it to this day, but she threatened to punch me square in the face. James, which half? Just, I'm gonna leave that up to your imagination. All right, there you go. Hey, if it's the bottom half, that speaks really well to you. Yeah. Hey, I gotta say, that's confidence. 
When we come back, we're going to hear from uh, our friend Lance Lysowski of uh, DKPittsburghSports.com as the Pirates do have a big series tonight starting uh, again. Uh, is Chad Cool against the Padres, who stink. Uh, they got to win, I think, five of these next seven games as the Reds are on the schedule after that. We're going to continue to talk to James and Steve from Spoonwood. Uh, this beer is delicious, and we'll get into that a little bit more when we come back to Scrally Show. Here. Hey, it's Mike. My team just pulled off the biggest upset in the history of forever. Nice, Mike. Yeah, and some fans are getting crazy. They even flipped over a car. Whoa. Turns out it's my car, though. Oh. But I don't want to be upset right now. I want to know State Farm's going to take care of this, right? We got you covered, Mike. Enjoy yourself. Yes! Woo! Thank you! Woo! Go with the one that's here to help life go right. State Farm. Talk to an agent today. Crowley. Crowley. Yeah, I'm not wearing any you pants need, right now. You need to answer me when I'm talking to you. Oh, I'm sorry. What happened? What'd you say? What, what, no, what it's to too us? late. Yeah, it's too late now. What? No, you guys aren't listening to me at all today. Should I, is it it's my, annoying. Is it it's my an- James and Steve here from Spoonwood Brewing. Going to get to Lance Lysowski of DKPittsburghSports.com to talk about the Buccos coming up in a few minutes here on the show. James is a big Steelers fan, uh, and he also partakes in the pregame ritual of getting absolutely bleep housed prior to the games. We appreciate that kind of thing around here, though, James. Yeah. Big, big fans of that. I might, I might have fallen in love with you just a little bit when you told that story. I accept that. How's your How's your Steeler Day start? So every year, opening opening Sunday, or whenever the Steelers are playing, I'll wake up at 6 a.m. in the morning. I will crack an Old English, and I will just start getting <laughs> party ready for the entire day. And It's basically it's my second biggest holiday of the year. My God, we're hanging out together during Steeler games, and we don't even know it. Like I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm up that early. I mean, like I'm your soulmate across town. You know, spirit animals. Yeah, that's exactly what we are. Well, I, I think it that. begs the follow-up question: What the hell is your first best holiday? <laughs> the Super Bowl. I come to okay. work every single like that that following Monday, just green. <laughs> <laughs> Whether the Steelers are in it or not. Yeah, I just love it. Damn right. So, guys, we have tried the Killer Diller, which uh, was, in fact, killer. I almost said Diller. Jeez, oh, one, one of those things. Again, Crowley, Crowley the anchor man, just reading what he sees right in front of him. Uh, that was delicious. Now I've tried, I believe it is the, i got to see which one it was. It was the below the, fold. the below the fold. There's a below the fold and an above the fold. And as a former really fat guy, uh, there was a lot of stuff below the fold. But I right now I'm having below the fold. It's delicious. Again. Two for two. Thank you. <laughs> Get the hell out of here, Steve. <laughs> so what what went into making that one? Oh, so we give the real answer. We want the real answer. I mean, there's like nothing like you know, seedy or, or no dark backstory. Um, so if if we had a clear glass, you'd see that there's a haze to the beer. Hmm. And um, so we, we set out to make a hazy beer. And it was something that James and I were kind of a little bit unsure of, uh, wanting to participate in, so to speak. 
Um, but we did, and, and we kind of run with it and keep it going. Um, we've brewed a few such type of beer. I don't know. I mean, are, are you, am I speaking a different language? Or you... Well, I was going to follow up with what is it about hazy beer that you wouldn't want to do? Yeah, so it, it can. it's a little bit polarizing, I think, in the brewing community. Less so, you didn't have to like sacrifice a virgin or something for this. That might have helped okay. keep, keep, <laughs> keep it hazy. I mean, I don't know. I mean, everybody's looking for different new techniques, so put that one right down. Hey, whatever sells, man. <laughs> That'll be yeah, the right. next trend in, in beer brewing is uh, virgins. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> Are you taking notes? I mean, no. I so I, I you think can have Tom coming up and brewing. <laughs> coming up and brewing. We're we're all we, we were always taught to keep the beer as bright and clear as possible. So it was a little bit of. It was, Interesting. it was a foreign concept to us. Well, I think, so I'm a big Guinness guy, and I think one of the things about beer isn't just the way it tastes, but also it has to be the presentation. And if you're doing something like that that's unique, that might bring people to the beer just to, to try it for that reason and then stay around because it's very good. I guess. I think we were the last the last brewery in Pittsburgh to do it. So Damn it, guys! How, how cutting edge. <laughs> Well, that's when you you cut the arm off of a virgin and then you're good. All right, that that's what you do there. Uh, so you guys also have a, a couple of growlers here as well, and uh, you got white hot rage and one hand clapping. First of all, one hand clapping is a phenomenal name for a beer. Yeah, just badass. Also, stop it. He's clapping with one hand and he's he doing is, it very he well. <laughs> Listen to how loud I can clap with one hand. Yeah, how about that? Oh, wow. Cheater. Yeah, that's amazing, right? Theater of the mind. Don't believe him. People don't know. Let's this, start with the White Hot Rage, because that could lead to the murder of a young person. So, <laughs> it is a Belgian something. It's uh, Is that Witt beer? That's it. Is it? Nice. Nailed it. Screw you, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's got what here? Like, it's got orange zest, coriander... White pepper and habanero. Okay, so wait, so wait a second. So wait a second. Wait a second. So you hit Vitbuyer. Uh, you couldn't. You couldn't nail coriander. <laughs> uh, how about that? What did I say? Coriander or something? I don't know. All right. I'm sorry. That's I a healthy. I pour. nailed white that's pepper. A that's a healthy pour there. The white hot rage. <laughs> yeah. So what's so what's unique about this one, guys? Oh, wow. And James, do you want to talk about? It? Oh. <laughs> James has been housing him over here. James yeah. is about to take another drink so, there, and yeah. he's like, "Oh, I got to talk." Gonna, damn it! I'm going to end this interview in my box. <laughs> <laughs> we wish you would, man. <laughs> so, oh yeah. wow, there's some habanero in that yeah, bad boy. It's got a yeah. little spice on the back end. Right. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so it is a it's a Belgian wit beer or wit beer. Um, it's uh, made with with a healthy portion of wheat, which is what sort of gives it that distinction. It's using a Belgian yeast, which gives it some of the flavor character as well, some of the uh, the, the fruitiness, or the, people say spicy, like phenolic. Um, and then the coriander is also a traditional ingredient in the style, and um, orange zest is common as well. And then we wanted to just put our own spin on it and add a little bit of zest, a little bit of heat to it. Um, so the white pepper gives you a little bit of, uh, I think, just a touch of the heat. The habanero is where it's coming from, and I think you get it most on, after the swallow. How do you implement the habanero? Is this something where you just throw whole peppers into the brew, or are you like cutting this up and taking just the seeds of it? Or no, we just we take the stems out and then we puree the habanero mm. and then we put it into the fermenter. So we we tend to put all of our flavoring in after the boil, after fermentation, after the yeast has been taken out of the tank. 
And then we just make that puree and add it to the fermenter. Because if you put it in earlier, it probably ruin how it all feels. It, it depends. I mean, if, if you put a certain delicate ingredients into the boil, there's a chance that they will boil off. Mm-hmm. Same thing with fermentation. You have a vigorous fermentation, and sometimes the aromatics can, can just sort of disappear. Wow, I like spicy. This is good, man. It's not overpowering at all. No. And when you read Habanero, you think, okay, it might be overpowering. No, I think it adds and accents the beer very nicely. I'm also buzzed as I'll get out at this point. The One Hand Clapping, the awesome name. It's also a cream ale. Uh, I have a passion for cream ale, so I'm going to want to try this bad boy. Uh, what about this one makes it unique? So it's, I mean, at, at its heart, it's a really simple, simple style. It's cream ale. It's very basic, um, kind of like a blonde ale. To this one, um, to give it a twist, we add the, the matcha, the green tea. It's a finely powdered green tea. And then we juice a bunch of ginger. And same thing. So we, we, we brew that tea with brewing water, and we juice the ginger, and we put it in at the end of the process. Wow. Got to try it. Why, why don't we try it when we hear from Lance Lysowski? He's on the line now of DKPittsburghSports.com. Pirates tonight. Yeah, I was just about to say, by the end of this interview, I will probably be hammered, so I apologize in advance. I will apologize for no such thing. Lance Lysowski of DKPittsburghSports.com joins us now. Buckos, fathers tonight. Lance, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. Anytime, Adam. Not much. Still waiting on work from Sully Marte's injury. This is one of the worst injuries I think you can suffer as a baseball player, depending on the severity. But when you've got the oblique... That's going to affect your swing. Perhaps he tries to overcompensate. Anything that has to do with swinging the bat could re-aggravate the injury. I think the Pirates have to be really careful here. And I think they will. Uh, they have Monday off before they go to Cincinnati, plus the Padres this weekend. I think they placed him on the disabled list. He had a DL spin with the same exact injury in 2012. It's 19 days, I believe. This isn't something you want to mess around with. And with the roster the way it is, Adam, they finally have the depth to, as well as he was playing, to maybe sustain this for a little bit before the schedule gets really difficult in June. They've got that trip that goes Chicago, then Arizona. They've got a really tough stretch coming up. And with Sean Rodriguez playing a little bit better the last couple of games, give him some time out there. I just don't see how he avoids the DL spin at this point. Well, a couple of things there, Lance. I do think it's good timing. If you know he's going to get hurt at some point just because it's baseball, it's not a bad time whenever you've got the Padres in town, then you're playing the Reds, and the Cardinals aren't the juggernaut that they've been you know, three, four years ago. I think that you can get by without him for right now. I do wonder, though, about Sean Rodriguez's ability long-term in center field. Uh, I think the me. defense will be yeah, okay. I, mean, I think the defense will be fine. I, I think it's the bat that's the issue. I mean, especially against right-handed pitching, and they don't seem to really trust Adam Frazier at any point because he was a candidate to play some center field too. I, they don't like what he's done at the plate. They're not really letting him face left-handed pitching. So, and with the way that Clint Hurdle juggle is juggling his lineup, I mean, Max Morris batting leadoff tonight. Now, as much as he really doesn't have any experience doing that in the major leagues. Claire Hurl has to do it because he doesn't want to disrupt what Josh Bell and Corey Dickerson have done so far. I mean, Cervelli's batting third, so this is kind of the first, I think, the first real test of adversity that this team has faced this year. I mean, Sully Marte, he was playing exceptional. His defense was getting better. So, And that's the one position, center field, that we'll see. I, I just, It's going to be interesting to see if they can sustain this. Without a doubt, we're being joined by Lance Lysowski, DKPittsburghSports.com. I had not seen the lineup before, so Cervelli is going to play. Looks like they dodged a bullet there with 
my God, how well he's been playing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Elias Diaz has shown that he can play and start as a catcher, but then you bring up Jacob Stallings, and I think that everybody kind of overlooks the importance of Cervelli behind the plate as, as a game caller, his relationship with the pitchers. I mean, Nova's pitching tomorrow, so Cervelli is his guy. Uh, it, they really dodge a bullet here, but they're going to continue to be pretty cautious about how they use him. As much as he's been successful at the plate, now they actually have the opportunity to play a catcher who can hit a little bit, unlike Chris Stewart and Huge Fast. I do wonder what your thoughts are on the sustainability of what Cervelli's been doing. He's always been a good player when he's been healthy. Those be the facts, but he's never been this 950 OPS guy. Uh, he did alter his swing, I believe, correct, uh, to try to give him some more power. Uh, but that alone can't make up for all the uh, all, all the power he's sustained, right? Or I guess maybe yeah. Can. I'm amazed. I mean, you saw it in spring training, but it's spring training. Uh, it's, it's Grapefruit League. There have been a m- many players over the years who have done exceptional in Florida and only only to come north and be terrible. But he's continued <laughs> it for power. I think that, I mean, health is a big factor. He's always going to see pitches. He's always going to be very disciplined at the plate. But, yeah, I mean, the adjustment to the swing, the leg kick that he's adopted with the advice to, with the advice of Sean Rodriguez, they're going to ride as long as they can. I don't know if he can sustain you know, the 900-plus OPS. But, hey, if he can contribute the way he is in the sixth spot, he's going to benefit from hitting behind Corey Dickerson with the type of pitching that he's going to face, some of the the opportunities and hitting in front of Colin Moran. That's just another example of how their offseason moves for it. Yeah, they're, they lost a potential Cy Young candidate, but they did build up the bottom part of that lineup to really help guys like Cervelli see better pitches and have more success, obviously. As for the depth of this lineup, Josh Harrison should be getting back in short order here, depending on how things continue to go. Uh, They were able to tread water without him going 14 and 13. I thought that they were going to not miss him that much because I thought Frazier would play better. He didn't. So it's obviously huge to get him back in the lineup, and particularly if Marte is going to be out for an extended period. Yeah, exactly. They haven't gotten almost any production out of the leadoff spot this year. Even when Harrison was playing, he was seeing fewer pitches than usual, uh, wasn't hitting for average, really hadn't hit his stride yet. And, then, of course, he missed the last, final month of last season. So that's a, that's a piece they're missing, and defensively, too. Uh, it's a little nuance that you don't always pick up on. Enough. Harrison's so good at like turning a double play. I think the Pirates, even Neil Huntington kind of said it on Sunday, that you know, they're sort of frustrated with Adam, Adam Frazier's development curve. He's not getting on base enough. The at-bats are shorter than they're accustomed to seeing. And I think the fact that, I mean, his splits against lefties were good last year. For him to be sitting again in favor of Max Moroff at the top of the lineup, I think that speaks volumes of where they think he is right now, not only offensively but defensively. Uh, I think that Trevor Williams – is a really good pitcher, and the numbers obviously indicate that he is, given the way he's played this year. I don't think he's a two seven two type ERA guy, but I do think that there are reasons to believe he can be a solid middle-of-the-rotation guy for a long time here in Pittsburgh. He's not afraid to attack hitters up in the zone, and even though he doesn't have the velocity, he he really knows how... He's a very cerebral pitcher. That's the one thing that you know Claire Hurl always points out. I think he has the weapons to do it. There are some indicators that make you think his hard hit contact percentage is, is up from last season. But every time you think that, okay, this is going to be the day where Trevor maybe has one of those difficult starts, it just doesn't happen. He's walking more batters. That obviously has to be a cause for concern because that's affecting his pitch efficiency. The outings have been a little bit shorter, but he always kind of finds a way to 
walk that tightrope and have success. And they really needed that because you look at how Nova's pitch. He hasn't been that good. Tyone's been un- kind of unpredictable, and Chad Cool's going to be Chad Cool. So Trevor Williams has been probably the most consistent starter, you know, of this rotation, which has been such, you know, a huge advantage for them after everything they've gone through the last six weeks, especially as, you know, in the rotation and even in the bullpen. Yeah, it's been massive. As for Cool, who's going to go for the Pirates tonight, man, every time he takes them out, I think this guy's, he's just got such a great fastball. I love the stuff. Uh, I saw the Pirates posted this up on a Twitter account. He's gone at least five innings in seven of his eight starts. Okay, that doesn't really tell me much. Uh, I'd like to see him work a little bit deeper in the ballgame. That's understandable. And, and pitch efficiency, I think, is going to be the, the key for him. And you, you saw what, when he's at his best, it's, if you look at his start in Milwaukee about a week and a half ago, wherever it was, you, I lose track of the calendar, Adam. But I mean, he, he had commanded his four-seam fastball uh, after the second or third inning, and he was able to throw his breaking pitches for strikes. And his breaking stuff is the best of any pitcher on that staff. I, mean, I Tyone included. Now, his curveball isn't as good as Tyone's, obviously, because he's only been throwing it for a year. But the changeup, everything he has together, I mean, Francisco Cervelli even said that you know, his weapons all together, some of the best that he's seen as a catcher, which is a pretty strong statement from a guy who caught C.C. Sabathia and a bunch of other guys in New York. Uh, if he puts it all together, this, he, he could be one of those, you know, I'm not going to call him a top-of-the-rotation starter, but I think we haven't seen the best of Chad Poole if he fulfills his potential, and there's a lot of potential there. I mean, there's a reason why. The Pirates are putting him in the rotation, giving him the opportunity. So, it, it, But, again, I agree with you. You just don't know what you're going to get from Chad Cool in night in and night out. Lance, love the stuff as always, man. Checks in the mail. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. There he goes, Lance Lizowski, DKPittsburghSports.com. Uh, we've got James and Steve here from Spoonwood Brewing. When we come back, we'll continue to talk to them. We've also got the hottest take of the day, other crap, and the three stars of the show. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. Hi, Tom Bodette. Haven't tried slam poetry yet. Motel 6, comfortable, clean, always low prices. Know what I mean? Are you traveling? Are you on the road? Make Motel 6 your humble abode. You will get a good night's sleep. I know this poem's not very deep. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on. So go and book online at motel6.com. Mic drop. Yeah, he's brewing guys. Yeah, tell you what. They never shut up. No, seriously. Yeah, just, this guy. Yeah, just keep yapping in the background here. Yeah, just, it's like, do they have any courtesy? We got to get them out of here. Yeah. Should we just kick them out before the last segment? As long as they leave the beer, you know. What, what excuse should we make up? We'll just tell them to get the hell out. Oh, okay. Yeah. James and Steve here from Spoonwood Brewing. Hottest take of the day, other crap, and the three stars of the show coming up in a few moments. Guys, that's really good stuff. All of it. Everything I had. And we were just talking a little bit about the social media aspect of this stuff. Uh, And we'll start with James. As a beer drinker, how critical are you of... Whatever beer you're drinking, you go down to the ballpark, you have a brew. Are, are you over-analyzing things? Are people around you saying, oh, my God, this guy, everything everything about him is hops this, hops that? No, I'm really not. I All I want to do when I, when I buy a beer and it's anywhere is I just want a good, clean product. So as long as that product is good, clean, I'm not getting any off flavors. I am, 
I'm a happy little camper. Same thing with you, Steve? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I definitely don't overthink it, and, and I just like beer. <laughs> nice, in all I forms, mean, yeah. <laughs> I do, I do. I'm a beer drinker. I think there's this perception with, with like, people you consider a wino, right? I don't think you want to go out to dinner with them and then a bottle be brought to your table and then, well, oh, I don't like this. Uh, yeah. Let's send it back. And I think that there could be that kind of perception. You guys don't give off that vibe at all. You do come off as just passionate beer. James has smelled a bottle cap before. You know, it's Damn like, it, James. <laughs> hey, he's going to come on the show and lie to us then. But James did it half naked. That's the of difference. Okay? <laughs> and that's, that's a free pass. As long as you're naked, <laughs> you're letting it all yeah. out there. So. <laughs> it's, it's all access. <laughs> I'd like to make a cultural statement here. That if you spend an hour with anybody and you drink beer, you're going to know a lot about them. Yeah. I mean, you guys don't know anything about me, but we, we've been asking all the questions no, here. I feel like you guys are my best friends yeah. right now. I love these guys. You brought beer, so yeah. <laughs> add, add me. We are, yeah, we, we're reaching that area of lubrication, right? Oh, yeah. I'm, Socially. I am Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Excellent. <lubricated>. Excellent. <laughs> so as far as going out to see you guys, where where can people come to see you? Um, just give a little plug if you want. Um what you guys got going on? Anything coming up? I did notice one thing that you guys hold a cornhole tournament and everything out at, at the uh, at your Spool. place. Yeah. Right. And I mean, that seems like a cool event. I'm ready to come out yeah, and drink I some mean, of these beers. Yeah, I mean, if you like cornhole, I mean, cornhole tournament. Um, that's not something that we do all the time. I, mean, I think we probably have one twice a year. Yeah? Yeah. See, I just use it as an excuse to drink beer, and this is fine beer to drink, so it's good for me to be it works out, out that way. <laughs> no, we have. We actually have a mini beer fest coming up in June. Uh, I think it's the twenty third, and it's billed as Philly invades the Berg. So what we're doing is we're bringing seven Philly breweries in, and we're going to serve their beer in a beer fest style format. Um, we're going to keep it to two hundred tickets, and it's going to be a way for people here in Pittsburgh to get beer that you really can't get anywhere else here in Pittsburgh. Oh, that's awesome! Do that now. Do they reciprocate? You'd be going out for something similar that way. That has already been done. We weren't nice. a part of that, oh. but the people who sort of facilitated that approached us about hosting this, and we were really excited to do it. That's awesome. Well, we're looking forward to that end of the next month. Uh, I know we'll probably be out there. I could think of no other reason, uh, as long as my wife's not listening right now, that I can't go. Well, she's out of town this weekend. So She's out of town this weekend. Uh, yeah. Perhaps we'll go to Spoonwood this weekend. It's a great place. Food's good, too. Uh, it's a really cool place to hang out, and I think that's where it starts, or maybe not. I guess it depends on the person, but for me, you find a cool place to hang out. The beer's good. The food's good. You stay. Uh, if you love beer, you go there. The food's good. The place is cool. You hang out. I think you guys got all that going for you. Uh, so really appreciate both of you guys for jumping on the show today. It's been awesome. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. Keep Thank your, you for keeping your yeah, clothes on. Keep your on. damn clothes yeah. on, man. Appreciate it, it. Yeah, for the love of God. <laughs> Anybody else buzzing? Uh, yeah, I got a little bit of a buzz going on. I'm probably going to be staying here until 7.30 today. The thing is, it's good, and I keep drinking here. Well, that's the problem, I, I right? might sleep here tonight. As long as uh, James isn't around. Yeah. Hey, James, can Meg give me a ride home? Um, I'll... Uh, no, no. <laughs> okay. She's busy. Well, she's picking you up, right? No. She's not going to make it? I'm fending for myself, okay. so... We're all going to be hanging out till like, 9.30 yeah. tonight. Yeah. James and I in the parking lot, we're getting an Uber. <laughs> I'd like to, I'd like to buy in on that. Cool, you're in. Unless Tom, Tom, you haven't been drinking. Tom, drive me home. Oh, Tom, drive me home. Yeah. It's time for the hottest take of the day. <laughs> so I didn't. 
Damn it. I actually did not come up with a hottest take of the day today. So what I'm going to do is go to ESPN.com and just first thing I see, I'm going to formulate a hot take on it. All right? You guys ready? Oh, no. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay. Did you know you need to be prepped for the you, show? Yeah, but uh, this, will, this will work. I, 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 just thought we, I just thought we'd do beer the whole hour. Okay. Here's what I see. Foster's ex-girlfriend says she lied to end him. Yeah, if I was Foster's ex-girlfriend, I would have done the same thing. I'll, I'll tell you what, Foster is the kind of guy that, well, I'd break up with, first of all. And then after that, I'd lie to him to end him. That's the hottest take of the day. It's the worst take of the day. What are you talking about? No, seriously, Foster's ex-girlfriend says that she lied to end him, and I think he deserved to be lied to. Get out of that relationship. The take just got worse. No, she did a good job there. She ex-girlfriend lied to him to end him. Do better. Woo! <laughs> other crap. I'm not even on the other crap page. See, this Woo! is just off the rails. This is why we do not drink other beer on the crap. show. That's what happens here. Yeah. Well, this is why Tom and I don't drink beer on the show. Uh, I don't. I don't recall Tom hitting the correct buttons here. All right, here we go. The Argentina Football Association put together a manual on how to get along in Russia during the World Cup. They added a chapter on how to pick up women. I don't want to be Russian to judgment, but I'm picking up what they're putting down. Woo! Other crap. The puns are so much weirder when people are in the studio with us. <laughs> Woo! Other crap. I'm married, so this doesn't matter to me, but if you're into it, so be it. Woo! Other crap. Mike Budenholzer was hired as Milwaukee's new head coach. Hopefully he can buck their recent losing trend. Woo! Other crap. He needs to take this job by the horns. Woo! Other crap. He's yet to fill out his staff, but I'm sure it will have a few dear friends. Woo! Other crap. And he gets to coach the Greek Freak. I bet you they'll have a great Euro. Woo! These guys are never bringing beer back Other again for us. Ever, ever, ever. It's been 434 days since Pitt Basketball won a conference game. A lot of pressure. Yeah, it is. is. Studio audience. Like all of a sudden, I've rethought the puns. Like, <laughs> I wish they drank more. Make the puns funnier. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show, Josh Yohe. You know, everyone out there, Adam just said, Josh, that blue button turns you on, and it's none of your business what turns me on, pal. I just wanted to throw that out there. Second star. Second star of the show is Grandma D. Oh, I think they were on about 12 or 12.30. Well, that's when the stories come on, so I didn't think they were going to be on that early. Early. So then I heard, she told me they went 3 to 2. I thought, oh, my God, how that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And they said, we're in first place, and we play tonight at 7.05. All right, I'm breaking protocol a little bit, Tom. This better. Better have something to do with these guys. First star. And tonight's first star of the show, Steve and James from Spoonwood. Like James said, we worked at Rock Bottom uh, together before Spoonwood. 
And what was that a tequila barrel aged? Yeah, that was Christmas the, ale. The the Rudolph something or other. It was a Christmas beer that was aged in uh, tequila barrels. Yeah. Wow. We we might have oversampled that. <laughs> yeah, I, I might have called Meg for a ride home. Tomorrow on the show, guys. Oh man. Maybe Tom should be intoxicated. No, no. I don't want him numbed in any way. He needs to feel the pain of the wasabi. At 5.40, Tom will be punished. Punished! By eating a spoonful of wasabi. And I'm excited about it. I've got nothing else planned for the show. No, that's all I've worried about. No. I've been ahead of the guests all week. I don't know who the hell's coming on the show tomorrow. You just can't forget to pick up the wasabi. Oh, I gotta take Leanne out of the airport, and I gotta pick up wasabi. My uh, day just got worse until Tom, we see Tom, Tom throw up. Everywhere. Tom, you gotta pick up your own wasabi. wasabi. Yeah, I got <laughs> you. No, 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 I got it. Hey, Jesus carried like, his own cross, like picking your switch. Buckos tonight. Who let the dogs out? Chad Cool on the mound. Thanks a lot to James and Steve for coming by Spoonwood Brewing. Go the hell out there. Check it out. It's badass. It's good stuff. We don't have people on and then lie about it. Uh, I've been there a bunch. It's great. Now I had it more. I'm not going to go home for a little while because I can't. And the reason that I can't is because I drank it because I liked it so much. So thanks to them for coming on. We'll continue Thirsty Thursdays here on the Crowley Show. I got to get like, some smelling salts or something. Maybe like a cup of coffee. <laughs> Anything. Anything. 540 tomorrow. Tom throws up. Peace out, bitches.